Today on Locked on Mariners, I have two Dodgers fans on the show, and I make their lives a living hell. Yay. (laughs) Welcome to Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, neither of my uh, guests are going to be too enthusiastic about our first topic, I believe, but uh, I honestly don't blame them. But hey, Mariners have been no-hit twice, and this is only the first one for the Dodgers this year. I'm D.C. Lundberg, and it's another one of those shows, ladies and gentlemen, that I have no idea how it's going to turn out, because again, I'm exhausted. But welcome to this uh, Friday edition, as it were, of Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Please remember to download and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin, of course. As you uh, may have heard in the background as the uh, music was fading in, I have uh, two Dodger fans on the show. You've heard them many times on this program before. Uh, In fact, one of them was on this show yesterday, and that is Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller. John, how are you today? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I don't blame you. And the other one, Jason Hernandez, are you in the same boat as Mr. Miller? Oh, let's get it over with. Let's get the pain over with. Bring it on. Bring it on, Come buddy. on. Come on. A, a, the Dodgers have a 44-31 record right now. They're good, and they've only been no-hit once. But look at it this way. The Rangers, Indians, and Mariners have all been no-hit twice this year, so there's something to look forward to in Los Angeles. There's probably another no-hitter on the horizon, yes? Oh, that's... Well, there's three teams that have been no-hit twice this season. I know. Yes, and the, yeah. Boo! We're not going to talk about one of them, but we'll talk about the Rangers and the Indians, uh, perhaps. But yes, last night at the Ravine, uh, the uh, Los Angeles uh, Dodgers were no-hit by the Chicago Cubs. You know, this is actually, this is the first decent team that's been no-hit this year. Dodgers are not bad, but they did get no-hit by... Uh, the uh, Chicago Cubs. It was a combined no-hitter. The starting pitcher was for the Cubs uh, went six innings. It was uh, Zach Davies, and uh, he walked five. The Dodgers walked eight times in this ballgame, ladies and gentlemen, so it was an odd no-hitter. And uh, Mr. Davies was followed by uh, Ryan Tapera, then uh, Andrew Chafin, who looks like he should be playing for the 1986 Red Sox. And then the game was closed out by Craig Kimbrell. Each one of the four Cubs pitchers, by the way, walked at least one hitter. The Dodgers actually walked more times than they struck out. And Cubs batters struck out more times than Dodger hitters did. So there's at least something there. Walker Bueller started for the Dodgers. He also went six innings, but he gave up five hits, three runs. They were all earned. Two walks, as opposed to Mr. Davies, five walks. I'm trying to find the good parts for the Dodgers in here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Bueller struck out six and uh, allowed uh, two home runs to uh, Javi Baez and Wilson Contreras. Uh, Gentlemen, (sighs) any thoughts on the game? I'll start with you, Jason. Oh, you want to start with me? You should probably end with me because I have a lot of thoughts on this one. Well, no, I'll just give this thought. Craig Kimbrell had no freaking idea that he had pitched a no-hitter. He had no idea. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah? You know, Willie gave him a fist bump, and Kimbrell had this look like, okay, something's up. (laughs) And then it was was Ryan Tapera who ran out and said, like, you don't know what just happened, do you? Like, he kind of shook his head, like, you don't know. Like, you have no idea. 
And then it was Javi Baez who pretty much put him in a headlock saying, yeah, now I know something happened. And that's when Kimbrell realized that they had just thrown a combined no-hitter. So, <laughs> you know, because it's so blasé to throw a no-hitter these days because it's a seventh one. It is, but it's the first combined one, but still. Well, it's the first combined one. And kind of ironic, the Dodgers, they have a penchant for doing this because the last time the Dodgers were no-hit, it was also against the Chicago Cubs. Oh, really? And that was the Jake Arrieta no-hitter six years ago. Ah. And the previous time the Dodgers got no-hit, oh, oh, that that was also a combined no-hitter. DC, uh, I think you should know about that one, right? Oh, why, yes, indeed. That would be a June, uh, June 8th, yes. June 8th, because it was my friend Calvin's birthday. He got surprised by his girlfriend's... Uh, his girlfriend got him tickets to that night's game as a surprise, and it happened to be the combined no-hitter uh, against the Dodgers. Of course, I forget what year it was, but uh, it was a while ago. 2012. 2012, yes. Because so, that was brought up. Okay, since you're at the Mariners Encyclopedia, do you happen to know at least one or two of the pitchers that pitched that night? Yeah, I'm just curious if you remember. Yeah, Kevin Millwood started, and, and he had to be removed because of an injury. Otherwise, he, he would have gone later. Lucas, oh, that's right. Yeah, Lucas Letge pitched in that game. Brandon League pitched in that game. The bartender, Tom Wilhelmsen, I believe, uh, got the final out of that ball game. Um, was Furbush a part of that game? Charlie Furbush? I think so. Good lord, you're an encyclopedia of Mariners stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I really should give John a crack at this, shouldn't I? No kidding. John, do you want to... I will bring up the list, and I'll see if I missed anybody. Um, dump, uh, yes, I missed one. Do you want to try to guess who the other one is? No. All right, I'll go through it. Kevin Millwood started with six innings, had to be replaced because of an injury. Uh, the uh, Safeco Field mound was then refurbished when Charlie Furbush took it wow. again. Yes, indeed. Oh. Then Stephen Pryor, who I don't remember Stephen Pryor much at all, to be honest, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yeah. Stephen Pryor pitched a third of an inning. Lucas Letke pitched a third of an inning, followed by uh, Brandon League for two-thirds of an inning, and the bartender had the last inning to close it out. one nothing game, by the way. Very close game. Yeah, so little fun little note as far as the Dodgers being no hit. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does... It's either the Cubs or the Mariners, apparently. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a distinction that I think that the Mariners would like to have because if, if memory serves, the Dodgers were good that year too. Eh, they were all right that they were year. All right. I mean, they, they they didn't win a pennant that season, but they were pretty good. Still an <laughs> impressive no hitter by the I'm, Mariners. I'm kind of happy for you guys that winning the pennant is the mark of a good season or not, where the Mariners yeah, are just hey, struggling you know to what? stay above 500. When you're the Mariners. That's not the no-hitter you want to remember from that season. No, because there was one later on, and I happen to know a bunch of people at that one, too. Felix Hernandez's Perfecto was later on in the 2012 yeah. season. We can talk about that a little later if we want to, but I want to bring John Miller in to talk about last night's game, if he has any thoughts on it. Nothing in the game seemed to make sense to me. The fact that there were eight walks <laughs> against the Dodgers and nothing happens this this is just odd it, it's an anomaly that a team of that caliber would get on base that much and just accomplish nothing out of it i mean yeah i'm looking through the box score i didn't see the game so i'm i'm looking through the uh 
um, the inning play-by-play, and the fifth inning was the first inning in which the Dodgers did not have anybody on base. They walked twice in the first inning, Max Muncy and then Clay Bellinger's son both walked with one out and two out respectively. They walk eight times and, and can't do anything. You'd think that maybe they'd get a sack fly out of it or something like that if there's no hits. No, no runs, uh, <laughs> no base runners in the fifth or sixth innings. Uh, and Jock Peterson, oh, Jock Peterson's no longer a Dodger, never mind. They did walk once in the seventh, and then uh, twice again in the eighth. No, that's Patrick oh, Wisdom. Man. That's Patrick Wisdom, so it was once in the eighth. See, I'm looking at the uh, how, how, at the play-by-play. Play how, how dare you? How dare you slander Cody Bellinger? He's an MVP, for crying out loud. I, I love what you said, but I also laugh at it. Like, come on, Cody Bellinger got an MVP. I know. We should I, at least I, call I, him I'm Cody. Being, I'm being facetious. <laughs> I remember a few years ago on, on Players Weekend when he decided to wear Cody Love on his uniform, and uh, it's, that's a porn name. So I don't know how he got away oh, with no. that. Oh, no. Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to defend myself. I'm looking through the the, uh, any, you know, the play-by-play here on MLB. com, and the Cubs and the Dodgers both wear blue hats, and their pictures are very tiny. So that's yeah. why I saw uh, Walk, Patrick Wisdom, Right next to the uh, you know the, the the next inning, and then obviously I I got the top and bottom of the inning mixed up. But Mookie Betts was the only Dodger to walk in the eighth, and then Chris Taylor, yes, former Mariner Chris Taylor, led off the ninth inning with a walk. But then K- Craig Kimbrell struck out the side, including uh, Cody Bellinger, the MVP. Yes, yes, what, what? And then future <laughs> Hall of Famer Albert Pujols, and then uh, Will Smith, who was obviously thinking about uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, struck out uh, oh. without recording a ball on three straight pitches. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, come on, uh, Will Smith, and I, I have to make that joke, Jason. You, you know what? Um, there's a couple things that I want to mention about this game since you mentioned Doc Peterson. Can you uh, actually? First, I'm sorry, Jason, but can you actually save that for B Block because we're right up on our trivia corner? I do want to hear it, but I also want to stick to our time constraints today. So hold that thought while I ask the following trivia question. Very simple trivia question, a little memory game for you today. Who was the first overall draft pick 10 years ago? I'll tell you who it was after this word from Fully Loaded. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That is right, just $1, and they're serious because they have three exclamation points in the ad copy. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 in free shipping if you use code LOCKEDON at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com Answer to the trivia question. Do either of you gentlemen remember who the first overall draft pick was 10 years ago? We're talking 2011. I remember. John, you remember? No, I don't. Who is it, J.D.? I remember both those picks um, top of the board. So just after him was Trevor Bauer, and from the same school, Garrett Cole. You are wrong about the second pick, but Garrett Cole was the first overall pick. Trevor Bauer was number three. Oh, number three, sorry, yeah. Number well, two, they're, they're both from UCLA. They're both from UCLA. Yes, the Mariners had the number two selection. John, do you remember who uh, that was? Mariners' uh, first selection, number two overall ten years ago. 
You are hurting my brain. I haven't had coffee. What are you doing, DC? We're recording much earlier than normal, ladies and gentlemen. I just got you off the hook, John. But we, we are recording earlier than normal. <laughs> we are recording earlier than normal. That's not I a lie. I have no idea. No. All right. Danny Holson. Did, did he even play in the major leagues? He did. And he's one of those picks that's frustrating because it was injuries that did it. He was progressing uh, fine, and then he just went through a whole string of injuries, and you really felt bad for the kid because it wasn't his fault that his development was stalled like that. He did wind up making the major leagues after a brief retirement, um, pitched a few innings out of the bullpen with the Cubs a couple of years ago, 2019 I want to say, could have been 2018, I don't remember. But uh, that didn't work out because of the injuries. It was a shame. This was actually a pretty good draft. Dylan Bundy was number four. Anthony Rendon went number six. Archie Bradley was in this draft. Javier Baez, uh, Corey Spangenberg. Go over the, the first round. C.J. Crone was in this draft. Sonny Gray. I mean, look at the among the first round draft choices, only three of them did not make the major leagues. That's a good draft. It's a very good yes. draft. Coming up, I will be dead, and the murderer will have been either John or Jason. Figure out who bumped me off after this word from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in June. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Whoever bumped you off got the cyanide from Scott's service. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have eaten those cookies. Anyways, yes, thank you very much, <laughs> Martin. Uh, second segment of Locked On Mariners about to commence today with uh, John Miller and Jason Hernandez. Jason, you were just about to bring up a thought when, uh, when we had to go to the trivia corner because I at least want to try to stick to our time constraints on this particular episode. You may now go for it, sir. Yeah. So my thought, a um, couple of thoughts from last night's game. You mentioned Jock Peterson. I did. This was, this was Jock Peterson's first game back at Chavez Ravine since being let go by the Dodgers. Jock Peterson received his World Series ring oh, in yeah. last night's game. So he had a nice almost two minute long video tribute to him all the fans stood and applauded so it was great to see jock peterson back with the dodgers and you could tell when they took pictures before the game he was thrilled to be there and as far as the game itself yes it was a combined hitter for the cubs but the dodgers certainly had their chances they just couldn't get anything you know really going and when you talk about the walks this is something the dodgers have been very good at this season mm-hmm. is drawing out the at-bats. Zach Davies threw 94 pitches in six innings. Probably could have gone another inning, but you could tell that he was kind of struggling to get outs. I mean, he yeah, usually I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here and I'll say usually, you know, in a, in a game like this, I'll, I'll ridicule a manager for pulling somebody like that, but he walked five in six innings. He wasn't exactly on his game. 
Well, you you mentioned that like you don't you don't blame a manager for pulling someone who's not someone struggling, but struggling to get effective outs. Mm-hmm. Zach Davies faced twenty two batters in six innings, which is quite a bit above the norm. Ninety four pitches in six innings is a lot. I'm going to do the it's math. And, yeah, that's uh, that averages out. That's to about sixteen. It's fifteen 16 and two thirds pitches per innings. Yeah, that's that's a bit over what you want to see. Per inning wasn't economical. Five walks, like we said. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, but, JD. but they ahead. were but they were long at bats. That's the yeah. thing. They were long at bats. There was a lot of five pitch, six pitch at bats, which is something again the Dodgers have been good at. Mookie Betts, he's very good at that. Cody Bellinger, you know, he's an MVP for a reason. Yeah, and also Chris Taylor, who by the way. Uh, DC Chris Taylor, uh, he was Here acquired in a trade for Zach Lee. Just, yes, yes, just reminding you. Yes, thank. Well, yeah, fine. <laughs> hey, hey, you gave me something earlier. I'm giving it right back. That's fair. I know. I did say former Mariner Chris Taylor when I was talking about the game. However, <laughs> hey, you know what? I got to give credit to the Cubs. Got to give credit where credit is due. It was a good no hitter. You know, congrats, congrats to them on getting another no-hitter against the Dodgers, their second <laughs> one in six seasons, as we mentioned. But, yes. hey, that's fine. That's fine. The Dodgers are still 44-31. and 31. They're still the defending world's champions. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. That is true. John, you want to jump in here with anything? Uh, no, I think Jason covered it very well. All right. So we're not quite up on our next break quite yet, so I'll just I guess we'll go into our next topic. There was one other thing Jason that um that you were talking about with John and myself a few days ago, and that had to do with um the subject that you and uh, John talked about a few weeks ago on the episode that John guest hosted where you were when you talked about foreign substances on baseballs and mm-hmm. something happened with Joe Girardi and Max Scherzer that you were kind of uh, hacked off about, as it were. There's been a lot of things that I've been hacked off about, and it started with the Joe Girardi um, trying to, I guess, check Max Scherzer not only between innings, but during the game. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of the fourth inning, and all of a sudden, Joe Girardi is coming out and saying, hey, um, why don't you check him now? Apparently, we can have random searches now. And Joe Girardi kind of went up to the umpire and he basically yelled at him and say, hey, check him now. So they go up to Max Scherzer and Scherzer just has this look as if to say, are you freaking kidding me? Not those exact words, but I have to censor myself <laughs> because I don't want to get the bleeper out. Right. However, Scherzer was more than ticked off and I was ticked off about it because I'm I'm not okay with the rule change in the middle of the season and I know we talked about this, John and I, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And this was kind of when it was starting, which is why I wanted to bring it up even back then. I wanted to bring it up because I had a feeling that this was going to happen and a topic that needs to be brought up. But now that this rule has come into effect as of this week, Mm -hmm. I think it's ridiculous because you're taking away not so much an advantage, but as you've said, DC, pitchers have been doing this for decades They've been doctoring balls left and right. I mean, look no further than, you know, Gaylord Perry doctored balls. You know, balls were doctored in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Like, pretty much since the, since the dawn of baseball. Yes, but we have to make the distinction between, you know, what Gaylord Perry was doing using, you know, Vaseline or KY jelly or whatever he was using on his balls. 
and pitchers using you know uh, rosin and sunscreen or some other sort of stickum for grip. I mean, there's a difference between the two. And I think we do have to make that distinction, but we will continue this conversation because we are up against uh, the break at B block now. So if you, yes, but so we'll continue this in the next segment. Don't you worry, gang. If you got a question or a comment, please send it in to lockedonmariners at gmail.com, and I will re- read it and reply to it on the air in a future Bay of Bike episode. I will not personally read it. My personal secretary, Clive Braithwaite IV, will read it if he still has a job after the uh, stuff that he's pulled on the last few episodes that he is on. In any case, questions and comments on any subject whatsoever are highly encouraged, with the exception of waitresses named Maisie. But send in anything else to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Coming up, has a member of the White Sox coaching staff been placed in the witness protection program because he exposed a rash of mob-related murders dating back to the early 70s? No, no, he hasn't. This word from Wealthfront is uh, coming up right at this exact moment. Decades of data show that investors who uh, trade individual stocks underperform the market every single year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. That's almost 2%. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, so don't do it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead, gang. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds, personalized just for you, and they can do it in mere minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day, unless it is something you do as a hobby, which a lot of people do. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need to get started is 500 simoleons. Grow, the, grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. It's so simple. To get your first 5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That is W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash Locked on MLB and get started today. And also this vital word of importance from Built Bar, the greatest uh, protein bars in the history of things that I talk about on this program. They're high in fiber and protein, low in sugar and calories. But best of all, ladies and gentlemen, they are super high in deliciousness. But don't take my word for it. Go on over to BuiltBar.com to place an order to try them for yourself, and you can thank me later. You can order their variety box to try a little of everything, or compile a box of the three flavors you'd most like to try, like mint brownie, coconut almond, and flypaper. If you try to use promo code ERKSNERKSNERKBAGLOGGLE, if nothing happens, so use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout instead, and that'll get you 15% off your order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Built Bar, so cool, they're hot. <laughs> Salted caramel for the win, baby. I'd Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. Actually, or, uh... I don't remember where. That's all right. That's all right. Still, no, might have still been in Oregon, but yeah. Was, yeah, we, there's just a, a Maverick station up the street that just uh, opened up for us. Why am I talking about this? Well, thank you, uh, Joey Martin, uh, <laughs> for, for bringing us back to Locked On Mariners. 
for the final time, not only today, but for the final time this week, talking about uh, substances on balls. And Jason Hernandez was just about to... uh, This is the second time I've cut him off this show, unfortunately. I feel bad about that. But at the same time... um, That's okay. I made made him eat grasshoppers, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. So I guess uh, guess that's fair. It's a few years coming. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, Jason. So just continue what you were saying before we had to go to break. Um, So just a couple things on this. Yeah. As far as the sticky tack versus rosin and sunscreen... We've been having rosin for a long time, and I get that. But something else that was an interesting development, we're starting to see some Japanese baseballs come in just just for show, just to see what they're like. And they already have some, some of the, not sticky tack, but something kind of similar to that to get better grip. I think they use wasabi, do they not? (laughs) Not wasabi. I'm sorry, guys. But now, now there's this discussion as to whether or not we should be adapting those kind of baseballs because that's always been a big thing the past few seasons is the baseballs are changing. Mm -hmm. They're getting lighter. They're getting heavier. They're flying out of the ballparks. This has become not so much a problem but a distraction for Major League Baseball. And having this rule change in the middle of the season, it is not a good look for Major League Baseball. Some of these pitchers are giving a big old middle finger to Rob Manfred. Well, kind of as they should, not necessarily for that particular reason, but I call him Kaiser Manfred for a reason. Doing this in the middle of the season, I mean, you, you have to try to wean pitchers off of something like this. Um, who is the fellow with the devil rays? The devil rays. <laughs> the rays. Tyler Glass. That's it. Yeah, Glass now. Thank you. He's right on the money about it. He just got injured recently because... He had to tighten the grip on his ball. And I kind of looked this one up, did a little research. So the muscle that he injured is not on the lateral part of the elbow. It's on the interior part because he has to tighten his grip. And, you know, when you make a fist, which muscles does that tend to engage? The ones on the inside of your arm, right? Yeah. That's what he injured. You know what's so, stupid? I'm actually doing that right now just because I'm that I'm out of it right, <laughs> right well, now. Well, uh, and guys, to add something to this, mm-hmm. there, there needs to be some clarification because what happened with Girardi and Scherzer, to set a little, little, bit, of, little bit of context to what you had mentioned, Jason, mm-hmm. Scherzer had just been inspected by the umpire slash TSA agents before the inning. Yes. And then he strikes out one of the Phillies batters and Girardi comes out and says he needs to be inspected again. I mean, yeah, there's nothing new with mid-inning checks, but that's effectively the second check of the inning. What the hell did Girardi think was going to change in between that at bat? I yeah. think he was trying to get under Scherzer because Scherzer is one of the best. And shortly after that, Girardi did get tossed. As well he should. Yes. Yeah, but uh, going going back to what Glasnow said, I think everyone listening, like, they should at least, like, try to simulate holding a baseball and try to simulate holding something tighter and see which muscles that engages. And it's usually the one closer to your wrist. That's what got injured. Yep. So I don't blame Glasnow for sounding off on that. And he absolutely should sound off on that because I think it's ludicrous to change this in the middle of the season, give players time to acclimate a little bit before changing stuff up right away. Otherwise, you're going to have a player just dropping trowel completely like Sergio Romo almost did the other night. You know, we're, we're, we're going to see some, as my friend so eloquently put, 
we're going to see some C and B at some point this season because pitchers are just not having it. They're not thrilled with the idea of mid-inning checks. But, hey, maybe they could do what hockey does. What's that? Throw their gloves down and fight? That's illegal, too. (laughs) Well, no, this is something that the NHL did recently, and I actually like this rule change. So there is replay, but this one replay per game. And if they challenge and the challenge fails, then that team gets a two-minute penalty against them. Hmm. So why not impose some kind of penalty if managers want to check pitchers right in the middle of an inning and they don't find anything? There should be something, some kind of punishment for that, but apparently there isn't, nor will there be. It's stupid. uh, Well, here's the thing. Again, mid-inning checks are nothing new. But if if a, a pitcher's checked at the beginning of an inning, that should be fine for the entire inning. But right. maybe have a mid-inning check. If a manager wants to go up there, maybe have that count as one of his replay chances because managers are only allotted so many of them per game. Maybe do there it that it way. There it is. That's what I was thinking too. Use that as a replay challenge. If they fail that, then they lose that challenge. And this adds on to another compounding problem in baseball, which I know you and I have talked about on another podcast in the recent years. Mm-hmm. This is just extending the time of game that much more yeah, in yes. general. You know, the games this season, they're longer than ever per nine innings. They the are. average time per game isn't the same because we're seeing some seven inning games. But the times of game per nine have never been higher. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You're going to have more problems with you know, mid-inning checks. Then you're going to have the backlash to mid-inning checks. And then you're going to have the backlash to checks in between innings where pitchers are going to be belligerent and say, no, I don't want to you know, show my belt buckle. No, I don't want to take off my belt. No, I'm going to drop pants. Okay, I'm going to do it right in front of you. And already <laughs> some umpires... I mean, this is anonymous, but some umpires are kind of getting ticked off about it a little bit. Oh, really? And I'm I'm glad John Miller is on. I mean, John, if a player just like if you were to check a player and he got belligerent and dropped trout in front of you, I'm sure you'd be ticked off too, right? I would be a little ticked off. Well, I I would have been ticked off if we had just inspected Scherzer and then the manager comes out and says, you need to check him again, what, because he just struck out one of your guys? (laughs) Okay, so as an umpire, are you more ticked off at the manager doing that or at the situation? In in that instance, it's at the manager, but overall, it's the situation as a whole. I'm the manager because, like, come on, you realize we literally just checked him. But can I jump in here and say that if I'm umpiring a uh, college women's softball game and one of them decided to drop their pants, I don't think I'd be that upset. (laughs) I'm going to leave that one alone. (laughs) Well, you're married. You have to. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I guess that's like one final point to wrap a bowl on this, and I'm going to go back to John on this since you do umpire. Um, You've had to do checks on this before, Yes. Yeah, mostly just equipment checks. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Um, but as far as checking on the baseballs themselves or checking, like, what's the equipment that you check the most and how often have you checked the baseballs themselves? Whenever a new baseball is brought into play, it's brought to us and then you're going to pull it out of your ball bag and 
rub it down a little bit or whatever, make sure that it's not been doctored, obviously, and then give it to the catcher who throws it out to the pitcher. But you're also looking to make sure that the seams are are okay and there's nothing and there's no other oddities in manufacturing with the ball. Yes, John? Yes. Yes. Making sure that it is official, it has the correct stamp and seal of approval and in major league case the commissioner's signature and all that. So in your umpiring, what's the piece of equipment that you've checked the most in your umpiring days? Bats. Really? Wow. For pitchers, would it be gloves? For pitchers, it would probably be gloves, yes. Okay, okay. All right. I think this is going to get worse before it gets any better, honestly. Like, I I could see some pitchers just really lashing out back on this. Yeah, I can too. Um, But unfortunately, we we have to leave it at that for today. Uh, Today's pitching matchup, the game begins at 5 o'clock Pacific time, ladies and gentlemen, against the Chicago White Sox. It is Yusei Kikuchi versus Carlos Rodon. Speaking of no-hitters, he tossed one against Cleveland earlier in this year, and that was a fun one to listen to on the radio. Tom Hamilton on the Indians broadcast, you'd think he was calling the action for the White Sox because he was so excited, but uh, we got to go. Jason uh, and John, thank you very both very much for joining us today. I have to do the Twitter plugs for you because we are that far over time. Follow Jason Hernandez on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow his show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And listen uh, to and follow Locked on Ducks uh, here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Locked on Anaheim Ducks. If you just search for Locked on Ducks, you get the Oregon Ducks and you don't want that, Seattle fans, trust me. John Miller can be found on Twitter unless you're listening in Oregon, in which case you'll love that show. But we're talking locked on Anaheim Ducks. Uh, follow John Miller on Twitter at SeattlePilot69. Thank you very much for listening today, ladies and gentlemen. Guests next week include Ted Baxter, Spike the Bee, and a chain of paper clips. Also, a special musical performance by legendary jazz singer Lou Rawls. You will not Woo-hoo. want to miss any of that. Yes, indeed. So download and follow Locked on Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app you can think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Big thank you once again to John Miller and Jason Hernandez. I am DC Lundberg. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.